This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. San Francisco Bay Area Metal Titans Machine Head released their highly anticipated new album, Catharsis, on January 26th via Nuclear Blast Entertainment. The ninth studio album was produced by frontman Rob Flynn and features 15 brand new tracks including Catharsis, Bastards, and Kaleidoscope. Pre-order the DigiPack today and you also get a full live set DVD of their classic An Evening with Machine Head tour. Visit Nuclear Blast for exclusive vinyl colors of various formats. Don't miss them on their North American tour January 25th through March 7th. These are the songs of your youth. These are the songs you plowed many fields to. The songs that played during your arranged marriage. It's Montenegro Monsters of Rock with bands like Char Gypsy, Eyes of Lama, and of course, Radish Horse. The Montenegro Monsters of Rock, the greatest hits from the bands that shredded the hardest on the accordion, milked the nastiest goats, and sold the hottest daughters. This 35-track collection can be sent to your village on the back of a donkey or driven to your cottage by a car. The Montenegro Monsters of Rock. It would be good for you to have it. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Yeah. Metal Sucks Podcast, everybody. Hey, it's I, Petter Speich, who am from Montenegro, and you can go fuck yourself with your little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> Char Gypsy. That was brilliant. That was, that was great. Anyways, I'm always joined by... Brandon Hahn, hello. And Jocelyn Sharp. Yes, back from the plague. Jocelyn's looking <sighs> absolutely fantastic. Today, Radiant. So. Thank you. Yeah. Big interview this week, guys. You're all, you're all alive. And shit. Mm. It's the sweat from the barfing. All right. Mm. <laughs> the sweat from the barfing. Big interview this week, guys. Uh, John Five. Uh, we're interviewing, obviously, guitarist Rob Zombie, but we are talking about his uh, solo record with uh, his uh, solo project, John Five and the Creatures. It's a live, the live record. It is coming out uh, Thursday. January 25th. In the interview, I say Friday, January 25th, many times. You ever see videos wrong. of that? You, you ever see videos of that dude fucking yeah. shredding? No, I mean, dude, it is, is next dude. level. He is one of the best guitarists out there. Yeah. I mean, flat out. If you haven't seen him live, and uh, the, like I said, it, just a real fun interview I have with him. So you guys are, should look forward to that. I but, mean, um, I'll tell you this, though. Uh, he's no John 8. I don't know. But that's I a bad you. joke. Okay, such sorry. a stupid I'm joke. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate you. I'm sorry. I hate you. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I hate you for that Monsters of Rock bit of making fun of my, my lovely Montenegro. No, my favorite. And she hates you for your John H. Stupid joke. number joke. Yeah, stupid number joke. But she loves me for the Monsters of Montenegro joke. I do. So it's, like, yeah, so it's, it's a triangle. Yeah. Bro, I laughed. Go. So you did good. No, my, my favorite part is when I say, like, sold the hottest daughters. And then Jaws just, just, she looks at me and she just fucking dugs her head and, mm, <laughs> no. No. It, I mean. <laughs> Are you trying to say we're not, he's not wrong? Is that where you. No, I'm trying to say he's, <laughs> he's racist against my people. What? Just because I'm your friend, you don't got to make fun but of my, my country. My best friend is from Montenegro. <laughs> <laughs> I can say anything I want I about their muscles. I say anything I want. <laughs> the accordion part was probably true. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say. Definitely true. They shred the hardest. 
But like, oh, dude, it was a good bit. Anyway, so you know, uh, Montenegro is the only place where Weird Al gets mass amounts of pussy. Nah, like, that's with not that, true at all. That accordion. That's yeah. not true. Oh God, why did you make me picture that? I hate you again for making mm. me picture Weird Al. Weird oh Al. God, that's, just imagine him pulling your hair, singing Yoda. You know his last name. He is he is of the Slavic. Oh, uh, is yeah, it? Yeah. So it's, you might you might be true there. You're right. Anyways, to the news. His guys. last name's Al. Mm. I hate I'm you. Kidding. Just stop. I'm sorry. Just stop. I'm sorry. You're off right now. Sorry. You're off. So we go to the news. I, I mean, we've done three episodes in 2018, guys. Uh, first episode we did, we had to talk uh, about the decapitated rape trial. Intense. Last episode we did, we had to talk about the death of Fast Eddie Clark and Kogami, uh, his death as well. This week, we got to talk more about death. So it's been a downer. The Metal Sucks podcast. Is the world the, ending? For the news. Um, <laughs> Is this the apocalypse? <laughs> yeah, I ran outside and just got smoked in the face with a locust. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> this week, guys, Dolores O'Rourdon of the Cranberries, which I know many people will say is not a metal band, but as you can see across threads on any metal uh, or rock universe, uh, her voice and her importance to everybody growing up in that 90s time was huge. The song Zombie was a big deal. I remember uh, specifically, if, I don't know if a lot of people, if you, you probably remember, Brandon, I don't know if you will, Joss, because you're a lot younger, but when Woodstock 94 happened, they actually had it like playing on MTV, like the entire mm-hmm. concert, and they would click to bands. And I remember I had my brother, uh, we had a VHS tape, and we were trying to record the bands we wanted. And I was just like, don't miss Zombie. Don't miss Zombie when the cranberries go on. You got to record it. And he was just like marked. And he nailed it. So I have an old VHS tape of that performance. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I have no doubt. But um, it was one of those songs that were just in the video. I have the link to that song from YouTube. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I'm just saying. But we would collection. We would do that. And so um, and just her voice was like and I've heard people describe it. It's like if you can imagine what an angel sounds like in movies or in your head, yeah. it was her. If you grew up in the 90s, you fell in love to a Cranberry song at some point in your, like, dating life. Ah, that's actually a good thing, yeah. You know, like, there was always, every time I, like, locked eyes with a dude in, like, a bar, it would be, like, Cranberries would be yeah. playing you on the jukebox. Like, oh, I am gonna let it linger. <laughs> yeah. It was funny, because I was watching this uh, a movie called The Devil's Own, just randomly, and then and she, and she was singing in the opening credits, and it was just happening. And then virtually when I picked up my phone, I saw that she passed, Ugh. like uh, as the song was playing to this movie. And I'm like, and then the voice, I'm hearing it, like as soon as I found it. And I'm just like, it's it's a priceless voice. Um, and uh, a, a great. Uh, and so by itself, too. I mean, it's not the fact that we, I think it's, I think hearing a great voice is a lot more common than hearing a unique voice. Super yes. unique, but she yeah. was a super talented. I grew up yeah. singing, and that was like our benchmark song that mm, we would have right. to do in singing lessons to be like, if you can if you can be on this whole time, and you can be on key, and you can hold these notes, and you can make it work, then you're talented. Well, that's the thing. Like, if I listen to, like, you listen to great singers, like, you know, like, let's just use, like, Adele, for example. She's an amazing singer, but it's not like, but if you just heard her singing by herself, like, you wouldn't, it, it, it wouldn't register like the uniqueness of it. You know I mean? You're like, wow, it's a great voice. They could definitely sing, but I don't, I don't get that unique feel like I would do with Dolores. Yeah. 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 One of a it, kind. It was a goosebump voice. If you, if you guys ever got to see her live or anything like that, I never did. I thought for some reason, cause I, I saw like a lot of blues in 94 and, um, the way it worked is like, it was an all day event. And I, and I remember in Vegas, it was extremely hot and I got there at noon 
and I remember like the Beastie Boys and Smashing Pumpkins were played, but I was too done. Like I remember looking up at the stars when the Beastie Boys were playing. That's how sad that story is. So I didn't actually get to watch their performance because I was just beat up from being in the sun all day. And for some reason, I was like, man, I wonder if I missed the Cranberries, but they weren't on there. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I thought they were. But they never. So I never. I never. You did are pretty see dumb. Them. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, my just... memory from 1994, <laughs> when I was 13 years old, isn't isn't all that. I was like six when they were touring, so I, I didn't. Yeah, see and, and I mean, and, and I did visit like just when I when she passed. I, I heard her solo album it was called like "Are You Listening" in like 2007, and dude, it's, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. So that's a that's a big loss. And uh, then today, we it looks like they may know what caused her death. And uh, it looks like it might have been, this is a rumor, it's not confirmed right now, but an an intentional drug overdose. I guess the London PD did find um, fentanyl patches by her bed or a um, counterfeit fentanyl is what they they put in the wording. Uh, And a fentanyl patch, for anybody that doesn't know, it is a synthetic opioid that is reportedly 50 times as strong as heroin. It is a brutal drug. It is Jesus part of the Christ. this opioid epidemic. Fentanyl is a huge thing that has taken a lot of people. Would you say? I think it's the one that has the most overdose rate. Yeah, yeah. fentanyl. Yeah. Tom, they were saying Tom Petty had some. They, Tom they Petty had that in his system. Was it? Yeah, accidental overdose. They they had that, and it showed that fentanyl was in there, oxycodone, um, acetyl fentanyl, and a bunch of and some other kind of fentanyl. So um, he had symptoms though. So it was an accident, but. Um, My thing is, yeah. is why the fuck are doctors even prescribing stuff this strong? I understand pain is pain. Okay, we don't. There's some people that you know you have to take you have to take a certain pill to be able to get through the day. I get that, mm-hmm. but 50 times stronger than fucking. Not to heroin. sound like I live in a bomb shelter, but we would have to discuss the whole breakdown of the bureaucratic government and how it works with big pharma. Right, right. Mm. Don't yes. want to do that on this yeah. show. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. That's, That's not sexy. Nope. <laughs> Nobody's getting laid to that There's conversation. No we're not. We're not unloading that mystery. <laughs> um, it's like I said. It's just. It's just a, a sad thing that the. And then I, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening, you know, probably know people that have yeah. this opioid addiction right now, the fentanyl and all I that stuff. A, so I had a stepbrother who passed because mm-hmm. of that. I have, he, I have three cousins with opioid addictions. He had, he had an opioid, you know, addiction, and then he had to turn to H, and he got a bad batch, and that's mm-hmm. how he passed. Yeah. And it's like, and he was young, dude. He was way young. I you know. know, like it's yeah. just, it, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's that's the best word I can use to describe it. It's just awful. And uh, yeah, so on that, guys, if you haven't experienced any of Dolores or Rorden's music, um, just like I said, listen to her voice, Jocelyn, fall in love. With her voice, yeah, like you did. Fall like, in love, listening yeah. to the cranberries. You know, put it on a jukebox. Let it, let it be, guys. So uh, and try and make eye contact with everyone at the bar. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> and lick your lips when you do. It. Yeah, someone, someone will fall in love. Yeah. Mm. And uh, straighten up those eyebrows and go to work. And I did want to bring up the band Bad Wolves. Um, it's got Tommy Vex. It's got Doc Coyle. It's got a lot of guys. They did put out uh, a cover of that song, um, which apparently Dolores O'Rourke was going to London to record for that, but they put the cover out and all the proceeds from that song will go to her children. So it's a really cool thing those guys are doing um, and all that. And I think it takes a lot of balls to try to cover that song. Like, cause like I said, her, when you cover like a Soundgarden song with Chris Cornell's voice or like a Cranberry song, with have her you voice, ever heard anyone hard. cover a Soundgarden song? I haven't heard anyone even attempt that. Well, I mean, no. when he passed, I mean, a lot of people did tributes right? and, and I mean, the tributes are different, but I'm talking about actually cover. Nah, I'm sure it's out there, but that's, that's some balls, dude. And to cover zombies, not, you know, Tommy Vex has got a great voice. Don't get me wrong, but that's a, 
It's a tough cover for sure. I heard it. It sounded really good. They did great. So anybody that's interested in that more of a rocker uh, thing and you're helping out or family, definitely go over to metalsucks.net, look up Bad Wolves, and uh, check that out. We know it's out. not metal, guys, but we have hearts. We, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so <laughs> next story, guys, uh, kind of relevant, relevant to our, our talk with, uh, with John Five, uh, who was obviously former Marilyn Manson uh, guitar player. There is a rumor out there that Johnny Depp is going to be the new guitarist for Marilyn Manson. Now, would that harm Johnny Depp's career if he's uh, I don't think Johnny a, Depp gives a shit at this point. Uh, I think yeah. I think his whole thing is he's like, yeah, uh, yeah I want to be a rock star. Fuck it. You know what I mean? He's Johnny Depp. He yeah. can do whatever he wants. He's, I want to wear I want to wear eyeliner and not be criticized. He's been a rock star like as an actor for 30 years. Yeah. So, I mean, you can you can say Johnny Depp's like the actor of the rock star of actors. And if you're Marilyn Manson, I mean, it's like, that's that's just, it's a win-win for Marilyn Manson. Now, Johnny Depp, on the other hand, it's like, all right, whatever, you know what I mean? But I just think, uh, I mean, if I'm Johnny Depp, hey, fuck it. You know what I mean? I've, I've already made several legendary, legendary movies. Right. I I made, I've made characters that will live on in infamy. I'm immortalized at Disneyland. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, that, that's, I, I mean, I, he, I got sucked into a bed in Nightmare on Elm Street. No, We're not going to add that. So I remember add that. that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That is one of the, if you're a horror fan, that is that sticks, That is one of the first best scenes ever in a horror film. It was, yes. one, you're right about that, but it was also the one scene in that movie that made me go, what the fuck? I thought he was supposed to die in his dreams. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were saying that really happened in real life. Like he got sucked in the middle of the bed and then there was a, a, a volcano of blood. Plays, don't do this. Don't do this, Brandon. Freddie plays in the gray area of reality. Okay? Yeah, don't do this. Don't don't do this. That was amazing. Move on. Yeah. All right. Don't, <laughs> so. you, don't talk bad about Freddie. I'll come for you. Yeah, no, let's let's break down. Was that Wes Craven? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Fucking, you fucked up, Wes. Hey. Hey. You fucked hey. up, Wes. Don't speak ill of the dead. Yeah, he's, he's not with us anymore. Welcome to primetime, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was not Wes Craven. That was part three. I oh, just can't. Oh. Oh, how is Johnny Depp going to behave with the groupies that go backstage at Marilyn Manson shows? That's what I want to okay, see. Okay, keep in mind. I need not, that reality They're not show. the same groupies that were going backstage in 1999. They're uh, much older. Right. Right, but and in much the same more outfit. Beat up. Yeah. yeah, dude, believe me. <laughs> Let me tell you guys this. We've seen Marilyn Manson uh, many times in, in many different factions. If Johnny Depp's playing the guitar, we would go. Yeah. Like, we would be like, we got to get there now. No, I would go see Marilyn Manson Probably anyway. without him, I know. But the point is, that would be an added attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. But I mean, if we really? went... If we, I would care. If, yeah. we, if we went backstage, no big deal. We're normal people. Yeah. yeah You're right about that. Yeah. My thing is, though. I'm not if, wearing a latex bodysuit and reindeer antlers. Like, <laughs> that's what I want to see yeah. is I want to see Johnny Depp have to interact with that person. Yeah, I'm not going backstage just wearing nothing but suspenders and angel wings. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is he doing? What's that guy doing over there? Oh, I came to say what's up to Jack, Captain Jack. <laughs> Ain't that crazy that is like he is Captain Jack. He's Captain Jack. That's, He's Edward Scissor. Hands. Yeah, it's that's like, what I'm saying. I, I'm telling you, like, yeah. look at. Can you name? Okay, when when you look at like Al Pacino and you're like, oh, I've been in so many amazing movies. I don't. But, think it's any nobody touches Johnny today. But you're, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, Al Pacino but, tops Johnny. Yeah, okay, Al Pacino. We're not gonna have this argument. But no, but, yeah. but but the argument that I was trying to make yeah. though is like as many amazing movies that Al Pacino made. How many? How many? How many of those characters' names do you remember? Now Johnny Depp, on the other hand. How many characters' names can you remember from Johnny Depp? His it, entire filmography gets cosplayed every year. Yeah. 
Exactly. He's cosplayed every year. Wow. Somebody, somebody cosplays Donnie Brasco? Donnie Brasco? <laughs> I'm sure. Hey, there you go. You just, you just, what was, what was Al Pacino's name in Donnie Brasco? I don't want to talk there about There you that. go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's my fucking point. And it's like, and that's what I'm saying. But and that's it, the title of the movie. And I'm Come trying on. to remember, but, but you remembered it. And I was, but I mean, it's like, uh, I can't remember. It was something simple though. It was something like, you know, mm. Like Al Pacino's name and Donnie Brasco. Yeah, we don't, don't worry about it. We can yeah. move on that, yeah. So. It was something like Slippery or whatever. Like, I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> Slicky or whatever. I don't know. Slicky. I, 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 like, I like your guesses. So moving on. It would be a good thing. It's a rumor. Uh, do I think it's going to happen, honestly? Nah. You guys. Oh, I think he'll do it. I think it. he'll do it. You guys I think, think it will happen? I, think, I, don't know if he'll do go, I don't know if he'll go on a crazy tour. I don't know if he'll tour, like right. a whole North American tour. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he'll do that. But I could see him doing like 10 shows. He's been bopping around with Doug Stanhope, you know, hanging out in comedy shows. He's getting a little taste of that road life. <laughs> I like that. He's been bopping around. <laughs> He's bopping around with Dixie. You know how Johnny does. You know he. Oh, bopping Johnny. <laughs> That's right. So, um, <laughs> bopping Johnny. <laughs> bopping Johnny Depp on the guitar <laughs> on the sixth string. Uh, All right, go on. So, uh, n- uh, new update on the Tool record. Now, you guys do think it's coming out in 2018. Please. He said, no, uh, like, I think so many too. members have already Please. said it's coming out. So, Adam Jones now, guitarist of Tool, said the music is done and lyrics coming in hard. I don't know what <gasps> lyrics coming in hard mean. That means no lube and there's a butt. <laughs> That's what I thought yeah. it meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that means I'm sorry, just yeah. I don't know why and there's blood hit me so yeah. hard. That means did. that means Maynard wrote a bunch of lyrics down on a piece of paper and crumpled it up and shoved it up at him. <laughs> I'm kidding, no, I don't. But, so it's it's gonna happen. We're, we're we all think it's gonna well, happen. Nobody well, save anything else. We have to put it out in the universe. Well there was that and a perfect circle's coming out with a new they they do that's have what, a new single. That's what I do like their me. new single. No, perfect circle's you I got do a new like, album that will be out. I, I have do no like, doubt about their that. new single, "The Doomed," is really good. No, I really dig it. No, Perfect Circle is great. Like, it, it sounds a lot like Tool. Like it's 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 like a far cry from the the regular Perfect Circle, mm. you know, ambiance type sound that they mm. bring. Like yeah. it's, it's it's a lot more straightforward than what I'm used to. It's hearing adorable from. when you try to describe music. Ambiance, ambiance. Everybody, go out there and listen to the Perfect Circle song. Yeah, ambiance, <laughs> and then think about ambiance. No, think about and, no. and think about if Slicky listened to it. In, <laughs> oh my god! With with old Bop and Johnny, old Bop and Johnny, <laughs> Bop, and, Bop John. and Johnny on the rhythm. Bop section. and Johnny and Slicky hanging yeah, out, listening right. to records. Who load up a pipe, Bop and Johnny? <laughs> they love their ambiance, Bop and Johnny and Slicky. They love their ambiance. They do. They love candles and shit. Wow. All right. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Last story we're going to touch on real quick, real quick, because uh, we don't want to get too deep into this, because this is just bad news altogether, <laughs> is uh, former Black Label Society guitarist uh, Nick Cantonese, uh, he pleads guilty to misconduct with a 14-year-old girl. Bopping mm. um, Nick, no. He, he was in, dude, on all the DVDs I have a Black Label, <laughs> bopping Nick. Don't do that. Don't Stop put Johnny it. in that thing. Don't. Yes. No, don't yeah, do it. They're no, not yeah. in the same class. All, all the Black Label Society DVDs that I got, or, you know, uh, the Doom Troopin' ones, the live in Detroit. It's got the evil twin on there. That's who Nick Kennedy's is. He left in 2013, uh, the band. But uh, this is a bad thing to just pop up, you know? Oh, yeah. You, you, don't, you don't want this ever. No. And he pled guilty, so apparently he oh, sent... Oh, there you go. See, he fucked up. He, uh, dude, he's, this is what he's, he's going to... This, this is his uh, sentence, if I may, if I may read this. Uh, he's ordered to serve five years of probation. Register for 25 years as a Megan's Law offender, 
and avoid contact with minors and have no access to internet capable computers. So pretty much that, I don't know if that's no access like a, ever. It, well, that's what it says. It doesn't say a, a time frame. It says no access to internet capable yeah. computers. So no email for you. Fuck face. <laughs> But is that really like um, a, a sentence of any sort? Mm, I don't think that's. I don't think. I think, don't think it's harsh enough. I don't. I, I, here's the thing: with, when it comes, he to, sent the 14 year old girl lewd pictures. He did plead guilty to all. So that he stuff. knew she was 14, though. Is the yes, question I'm asking? He's a teacher okay. at school. Of then Rock that's a wrap. In then fuck him. Oh, then fuck that dude. Yeah. Fuck him. Yep. yep. Fuck him in his mouth. With Maynard's lyrics coming in hard. <laughs> With lots of blood. It's lots of blood. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> On that note, guys, before our interview with John Five, man, I was really excited. What a lead in. <laughs> Dude, that's a, that's a horrible segue, but I'm going with it. Maynard's leaders. We're ramping into money town. Um, so, guys, this February, our, one of our favorite uh, record labels, Metal Blade Records, will be releasing Harm's Way's fourth full-length record called Post-Human. It's a devastating addition to the Metallic Hardcore's Outfits catalog. The record is full of heavy, aggressive blends of their 2011 record, Isolation, and 2015's Excellent Rust. So make sure you go pre-order your copy now at metalblade.com slash harmsway. Once again, metalblade.com slash harmsway. And if you haven't heard uh, the song, go to metalsucks.net, search harmsway, check out the new song they just dropped uh, a couple weeks ago. And with that, guys, we are going to get to chat with the just amazing guitarist, Rob Zombie's guitarist, and uh, just all-around cool guy, John Five. Here's our interview with him. Not to be confused. With Papa John. <laughs> I hate you. you, you, you I want to edit that out. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Petter with the Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have the one and only John Five. We're here to talk about uh, his new live record, John Five and the Creatures. It's Alive, which comes out January 25th, 2018. So what details went into picking which venue and location for you to do this project? We were in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. And someone said at the venue said, Hey, do you guys want to record the show? And we were like, sure. You know, we were really well rehearsed and we did, you know, a bunch of shows before that. So we were like, yeah, let's do it. And, um, you know, cause I'm, we always play a game with each other. We see how perfect we can get it because the show is so difficult. Okay. It's, you know, it's like, crazy crazy a zillion notes and we always see you know how perfect we can get it because it it beats the um repetition of something you know if you play that kind of game so you know we uh ended up recording the show and i explained to the crowd hey we're not going to be jumping around because we're recording the show tonight and the place went crazy and you know i told the band backstage i was like listen we have one shot you know, this is this is it. We don't have another show to record because, you know, it's obviously they're letting us record this show. So let's just play as well as we can. And when when bands are recording a uh, for a live record, you know, there's a lot of planning behind it, you know, record their whole tour, maybe almost and pick the best performances. But with this, we had one shot. And that's why I'm so proud of it, you know. Um, you know, we I even talked about it on the record, and I just said, you know, just bear with us. We're not gonna. We're just pretty much gonna be looking at each other and stuff. But you know, you guys will be on uh, 
vinyl if it comes out really well. Yeah, and you are offering the colored vinyl. And do you work better under that kind of pressure, or is the challenge just exciting for you? It, the challenge is just exciting for me. I don't work better under that kind of pressure because it's so much pressure doing those shows. You know, this when you listen to it, it's like a, a, a cyclist. If they're, you know, racing and one guy falls, everything's going to fall. You know, everybody's going to fall. And that's exactly uh, what it's like. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of pressure, but it's also a lot of fun. And that is something when you're doing like the instrumental style music and um, you have the reputation that you've, you've gained as such a, a great guitar player that you're, you have to hit note for note on. I mean, how many takes does it take on a song when you're recording? Uh, well, that's, you know what? That's a great question. And what I do, <laughs> I don't usually talk about this, but I'm glad you asked that. So what I do is I, it's like a boxer. I'll train, 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 train for this one song. This one song I'll train for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's exactly what bands in the 70s did. They rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed um, to get like just perfection because they were going to go into the studio and they were going to play. And that's how bands recorded their albums back in the day. So that's what I do, like sitting on the couch, and I'll just play and play and play. So it usually takes me about an hour, you know, to like get a good to get a good track, you know, including sound and all that stuff. So it doesn't take me long at all. Yeah, um, yeah it's 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 pretty quick process, and uh, it's you know it's it's good because. If it if I wasn't training, it, you know, I'd have to be going. Oh, does this work? Does that work? And you know, I'd be spending a lot of time in the studio. Yeah, a boxer can't take a fight on short notice if he's not training. I know what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. You be so ready. that's why I want to I want to be so prepared. And with the flip side of that, how much improv uh, how much improv goes into the songs on on your solo records? <clears throat> you know what? Not much because I don't like to really repeat myself that much <laughs> i so when you when you improv you're doing licks that you're comfortable with and they're the go-to licks so i don't really do that i try to mix it up and make it very very special and not, not that improving isn't amazing it's an art in itself but i want to um i kind of you know do it like as a how do I say, kind of like an orchestrated piece. I want every note to be special, and uh, I don't want to repeat myself. So that's that's why I don't really improvise that much. But it shows I improvise and things like that. Oh, okay. That's what I was going to ask. That. So but that's what make that would make it really special for like an instrumental thing is to not get that jam session or that improv go. Now, at the end of the record it's alive you guys do have a medley of uh of a lot of rock you know hits and things like that that um that you know just through through the years and through the generations that we would recognize as listeners how do those songs get collected by you you know those songs are of course <laughs> some of my favorite songs and songs that the crowd all recognize, mm -hmm. you know, they all recognize like those songs. Those are the songs of our lives. 
growing up and hearing um, all those tunes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a very special part of the show. The, the fans love it. And um, every tour, we change it up a little bit, So, which is a lot of fun. We're throwing... We're going to support this album, which not a lot of bands do. They don't go and support their live records, which is unfortunate anymore because um, that used to be a thing back in the day is people would go tour, they would put out a live record, and they would support that live record with the tour, like Kiss Alive 2 tour or the Kiss Alive tour um, and so on and so forth. But you know, a lot of people love that. The girlfriends love the medley. The, you know, all the people love the medley because it's songs that they grew up with. And doing it like that, it is difficult because it has to be so tight. You know, <laughs> there's not really a time signature or anything like that. So, uh, oh, I think it's a the perfect way to end the show. I, I love it. Yeah, it really is fun. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some more of this uh, this tour coming up. And I did like what you said about, because to me growing up, the live record was like the record I would hand. Here's the greatest hits record. It's a live record. It's got personality. Right. It's got mistakes. It's got it all. But this is the band I'm trying to get you into. That's how it used to work, the live record. So it was kind of an important thing. And then somehow through the years, it did become, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of a filler for fans just to keep them you know, in between like studio albums. I agree, and I really, really enjoy a live record because it's it's what I grew up on. I grew up on Kiss Alive Two and Kiss Alive, and you know Frampton and all that stuff, like everybody does, you know. And uh, but what's so special about this one is it it was not planned. So how did you end up with the stage name or Monkier John Five? How'd that happen? Well. That actually came, um, Manson actually gave me that name. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I kept the name after I, uh, after I left. You know, it's just like if when Ace left Kiss, uh, you know, he, he would change his name to Paul Freely. But, um, you know, he kept the name Ace Freely. And uh, that's what I did with mine. It's like I just kept the name John John Five, and uh, you know it worked out really well <laughs> because yeah. it's a cool name. But he did come up with it. You know, he he completely came up with it when I first met him. He was like, "All right, well, your name's going to be John Five, and I want to do everything with numbers and you know all that stuff." So uh, that's how it really came about. Gotcha. Now. Just to, for, I might be wrong on my memory, but when the two record came out that you did with Rob Halford, uh, yeah. you were John Five on that record, correct? No, I no, was not. You not. I was okay. still John I Lowry. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, so I, I forgot that part of it. So, so, and that that actually brings us up to a, a question I did have: Mechanical Animals is turning uh, twenty years old this year officially. Oh wow! I didn't even know. Yeah, uh, nineteen ninety eight is when it came out. I feel old when I say things like that, um, but. Uh, uh, so, looking back on that, what is your favorite song on that record? Uh, probably "Great Big White World." I mm. think is is incredible. You know, uh, I really, I really love that one. It's a, it's a great tune, and uh, it sounded so cool live, and you know, all that stuff. So, it's uh, that I'd have to say that it's my favorite. But what a great album that is! Mm. You know. Now, really, uh, great, a uh, great record. 
Yeah, looking back on it, it it not only held the test of time, it 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 is it's turned into a lot of people's favorites. You know, yeah. And, uh, Antichrist Superstar was the one that was maybe most important, but like Mechanical Animals is the one that I think people would clamor for more or less these days. And being a part of that, so because your journey was, you, you've got one of the best stories. Uh, you you come up from Michigan. You're 18 years old, right? You come yeah. straight out to LA. You had. Yep. No con- no connections. You just had your guitar, and then you get robbed, right, within like a week? Yeah. I owe all my money was taken. Everything, everything was taken, and uh, I had nothing. I had n- completely nothing, and it was terrifying. And I didn't really know anybody, and uh, it was uh, it was really bad. <laughs> yeah. That- and... Uh, but I, but I kept it together, you know, and, and, um, you know, I just, I didn't let anything make me want to go home. So I just, you know, knew one person in LA and I said, please, can I, you know, crash with you because these guys who I'm staying with totally robbed me. And, uh, and then that was it, you know? So, um, luckily I did, and but I never went home, which is, um, pretty cool because a lot of people would just be like screw this you know Mm. and uh, i never went home i lived in a rehearsal space for a long time and uh just never gave up you know i just never ever gave up and then during that time frame though like was there ever a chance there wasn't after 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 you got robbed there wasn't a chance that you were going to give up you knew going forward like i'm going to keep doing this um, yes. And then what do you consider your big break? Was it, uh, and you got introduced to like producer Bob Marlette, right? Is that your big break? Yes. Okay. I would think my big break was when I met Rudy Sarzo. I was playing at Gazzari's and this was like in the early nineties. And, um, I met Rudy Sarzo and he wanted to put a band together and that's who introduced me to a lot of people. And, uh, I think that was it. I would have to say that's it. With that, with that opportunity that you got, was there any opportunities? Because like chance being in the right place at the right time, a lot of that is a factor. Uh, I always assume in life. But like, was there any opportunities that you feel you missed, or did you always, when you had to make an impression, when you had to make an opportunity count, did you always make them count for yourself on the rise? Well, you know, it was everything was. You would had to have. I I always call it the full package because it was tough, man. It's it was really really difficult to have everything, like especially when you're like so poor and you can't like even pay for gas. You know, it's like you're so like just dying for any kind of help. But you know, I practiced all the time. I tried to look good and I tried to um, you know be the best I could. And hopefully someone would recognize him. There was this woman named Betsy Browning that was like, okay, well, um, I, I know this guitar player, Rudy, who's really good, and you should check him out. And that's pretty much how it all came together, you know, just like that. And I was like, it's who you know sometimes, you know? And it's, it's because when, when people are, are looking for bands, band members, hey, we lost our drummer, we lost our bass player, we lost our guitar player. 
they can say, who do you know? That's the first thing. That's the first thing people ask. Who do you know? Who do you know? And it's like, um, you know, that old saying, it, it really, uh, it really matters. It really, it really works because that's what the first thing people say is, who do you know? And back then in that climate, in that time, there was a lot of money in music and the whole industry. Do you think that people can, can make that same transition in this day and age and still be as successful or is it too tough because of how the industry has changed? Um, well, the industry has changed, but of course, I really do think, I mean, I think it's changed for the better. Yeah, people aren't making, aren't selling records and doing that kind of thing. That is definitely a negative. But I am pro-internet for sure. I am definitely pro-internet, pro-YouTube. You know, people want to record the shows with their phone. I'm totally for that. Um, I'm total social media, you know, I think it's wonderful. I think it's a great way to get discovered. Most artists, most musicians get discovered from YouTube or their Instagram or Facebook. If somebody said, you got to check out this guy, I would say, okay, well, send me his Instagram or Facebook, or is there a performance of him on YouTube? That's just what we say now. Yeah. It's and an it's audition wonderful. tape that's out there for the world. Exactly. And you know what? Some of the um, most incredible stories were discovered that way. Look at Journey Singer. That's how it was discovered, you know? So I'm very supportive of how it is today. Of course, the record sale thing is a catastrophe. But you know what? It ain't the end of the world. It's okay. Because you have that work ethic, though, where you do go on tour. You know, you uh, you're touring. I mean, I, I know this for your tour for the new live record starts February first, but you're going all the way till April twenty first. So you're doing two full legs back to back to back. And back in the yeah. day, a lot of guys didn't have to do that, and they would make the money that they needed. And I think is do you think that's still an option, or is touring a necessity for this career now? I think touring definitely is a necessity nowadays. It's, um, it's, it's just how it is, you know, and that's why there's so many festivals nowadays, you know, and there's so many bands touring and the competition is, is so rapid, but also this is where it's getting messed up because ticket prices are getting so high mm -hmm. that people are like, what is going on? You know, I could like, by the price of a, like a really great ticket, I could almost hire someone to come to my house and play, you know, with some of these tickets, you know, that the costs. But I think that's going to have an effect. I think that's going to change is the high, really super high ticket prices, you know. But so I don't know. It's um, I love touring. I love playing live. And, uh, you know, I'm doing the Creatures for the love of the guitar, the love of music, you know, just the enjoyment of going out. See, I'm, I mean, I'm sometimes playing like one foot away from these crowds. Like, it's amazing. It's, I'm like so close to the crowd and it's wonderful. It's, it's so cool to, to be able to do that. It's, it's special to see someone like you that close. Like I, 
I'm out here in Las Vegas. You know, you're coming on the tour up to Vamped. We're gonna, I'm gonna see you there. But I've seen Armored Saint there, Fate's Warning, and to be that close, or like Zach Sabbath when they came through. You know, to be that close to these these guys that are usually on that arena size or large. Yeah, scale. you can't. You can't even like the you know, the front row is a hundred feet away. Yeah. So I totally hear you, and it's it's wonderful because I used to see bands like that. I used to see Overkill. I used to see Slayer. I used to see Megadeth, like, in these clubs. And it was like, you know, here they are now. Yeah, exactly, man. And so uh, now back to the solo career. Like you said, the John 5 and the Creatures, it's a thing. It's a passion project for sure. But you decided to put out your first record uh, solo project in 2004. Um, why do you think it took that long for you to uh, actually start this? Well, to, to be completely honest, I didn't think... You know, I put out that first record kind of for myself, you know, just like, oh, I think I'm just going to, you know, I want to play some guitar and I want to put it out and give it to my friends and stuff like that. And you could do that back then, you know, in 2004. It wasn't a big deal. And, you know, people like gravitated to it. And I was like shocked because I really didn't think anyone would care because I just put on all this country stuff and then rock stuff. It's just who I was, you know, I wasn't like trying to be this different guy. It's just who I was. And so I kind of just put it out for fun. You know, a lot of bands put out these records under like different names and it's kind of like what I did. And it ended up being really big. I mean, it was on the cover of guitar player and cause it was so shocking, if you will. And, uh, I was like, God damn, this, this is crazy. <laughs> this is, this is something I didn't expect at all. And, um, keep making the records and luckily people really enjoy them. That I is, couldn't, be, that is be happier. That's something that you, you nailed is that you're, there is like no limitations or so much personality to something. Like I know like a track like Jiffy Jam, I know you can't probably put that in a, like a Rob Zombie song. Uh, but when you play it live, and if I see something like that, it's it just shows the personality and all that stuff. Now, here's kind of an odd question, if I may, with that. How do you name an instrumental track? Do you just like, hey, I'm calling it this? Or is there something in the music that makes you name it what it's called? You know, sometimes there's a little theme. Or sometimes you can call it whatever you want. You can call it, you know, anything you want. You know, it's, it's, uh, that there's no rules cause there's no lyrics. Exactly. Yeah. So is that, is that liberating to you or is there ever a time where you're stuck on like, no, I have to call this the right thing? No, I, I love really good titles. I put a really, a lot of thought into certain titles and I want it to mean something and I want it all to matter. I just won't put you know track four or something i want everything to matter and uh you know so i really i spend a lot of time on the uh on the titles and uh, you know hopefully come up with some really good ones on the way you know (laughs) yeah for sure and another thing that it seemed like you guys spent a lot of time on uh i want to say about a year ago you did the making monsters video oh my god and that was like one of the coolest videos and that's another thing is that videos used to have 
bigger budgets and more creativity, especially in the metal and rock world. But then when you yeah. see one that is creative, like I think Inflames put one out last year for Here Comes Forever. It was like a stop motion thing as well. It was a great video if you haven't seen it. But you did one with the classic Universal Monsters on making monsters. How did right. that idea come about? Well, it was kind of like like if if someone if I was a part of the universal monsters, like when kids played with those, uh, those monster dolls, you know, back in the day. And I was, I was a part of that gang, you know, and, and, uh, it was exciting (laughs) and the kid playing with it. And, you know, it was all a part of the whole, uh, dream of mine when I was a kid. And that's, uh, and so, um, when you saw that video, completed for the first time what was your reaction because it turned out so good it turned out so well i was i was basically like really shocked because it's kind of like when they were making king kong it took forever to make king kong like and now you're thinking back in the 30s early 30s it was kind of like the same thing because it was so primitive what we had to work with you know we had computers of course but it was the same kind of thing it was that stop stop animation thing and it took forever so when it when it all came about i was so proud i was like god damn man these guys did a great job yeah no i i it's one of like i said one of the few creative videos that i've seen in a long time if people haven't seen that you go find the john five making monsters video right now so um, one more, and, and the other one was here's to the crazy ones. That was yes, um, you know, because that was all prosthetics. That th- those weren't masks, so that that oh. makeup took like six hours. Wow. So yeah, your crazy. passion for the video side, though, um, and obviously, like I said, uh, being a guitar player with someone like Ron Z- Rob Zombie, do you feel that there might be a moment where you do want to make something visual, like a film? No, because. No. I stick to what I know. I know how to play guitar. I know how to write songs. But God, man, I don't know anything about anything else, you know? (laughs) And I leave it to the pros, dude. I leave it. All those videos were done by, I had the idea, but all of them were done by people that really know what they're doing. You know, I can't take credit for what people have done. You know, I just give them the idea and I pay for it and I say, man, let's let's do the best we can. So um, making a film and I just I just know how to go see a film. That's about it. (laughs) You know how to score a film. You did score uh, 31, the last uh, Rob Zombie movie. So what um, tell us a little bit about that process when um, when you're when you're hired on to score a film um, or write a song. What's the difference between those two elements? Well, it's uh, when you're doing a score score for a film, there's no time signature. There's no, you know, there's no key signature. There's pretty much just doing a, creating an emotion, if you will. And if that emotion gets distracting to the viewer and if they concentrate on the music, you're not doing their job. It's supposed to be music that people don't listen to. So as soon as it distracts you, that's not good. Like if it's too distracting and it's distracting you from the movie, that's not good. You have to like really 
be careful of what is happening. And, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's really tough to do. It's yeah, really it's like, hard to score, to score a movie. You're the ambiance, like you were saying. Yeah. Now, do you take any of that elements to songwriting where you're like, all right, this is the focus is my guitar, but I want the ambiance and feel to be this, you know, the rhythm section, let's just say, or something like that. Do you take that same element that you learned from that, or do you think it's completely separate? Um, no, I, I do. I use, I use everything I can because scoring a film is like, I, I don't, I'm not a real big fan of it. That's why I only do zombie films, like, you know, Rob Zombie films, because I'm not, I don't, it's so much work. Mm-hmm. It's like crazy amount of work. And, uh, you know, you have to do orchestra pieces and you have to do clarinets and bassoons and bassinets and, you know, all these different instruments and they all have to harmonize and they all have to make sense and they have to make sure they're not distracting and this, that, and the other thing. So it is, uh, it is a chore and I would only do it for Rob Zombie now because I used to do it before I was even in a band. I would do it for like TV shows. And then with, with the TV show though, it's probably a little bit, I, I don't know if it's easier, but it's probably because there's a time crunch on stuff like that, right? There's a time crunch, so it is a lot more. It, it is difficult. You know, with yeah. a movie, you have some more time. But with a TV show, it's like, okay, well, we have to have all this in like a week. It's like, oh, geez. Nice. So it's not my favorite thing to do. So excellent, man. So last question, because like I said, you're going on tour. You This, this is a tour cycle for It's Alive, which comes out January 25th. Also going to be available on colored vinyl if you guys uh, want to check that out. There is going to also, if I saw correctly, there's going to be a, a photo album that you're selling separately. Is that correct? Uh, it's a tour book. We're just going to have, we have a tour book. We have vinyl. We have everything, man. It's so rad. I just wanted to make the best, highest quality stuff that there is, you know, and, and celebrate this live record because how it came together was so cool. So yeah. that's what I wanted to do. Like I said, I consider it a greatest hits record. That's why I always tell people that. So, but a lot of it is off of last year's uh, season. Now, last year, geez, 2017, right? <laughs> season of the Witch. Um, are you going to still perform the majority of that songs, or is this set list going to kind of contain more of a gamut because it is supporting the live record? Uh, there's going to be some new stuff. There's going to be just like the live record. There's going to be a new medley. There's going to be a new stage. There's going to be new everything. So it's a celebration. You know, it's going to be a big party and it's a lot of fun. You're going to have a lot of fun. That's for sure. So everybody make sure you catch the tour. Um, you can go to, to John Fye's official website page, check it all out. All the tour dates are there. Um, like I said, it's coming from February all the way to the end of April. So it's going to be a long run. Um, I'm going to catch you guys out here in Vegas. I'm really excited about it. And uh, make sure you go pick up the record. It's Alive coming out Friday, January 25th. Um, anything else happening in the Rob Zombie universe that we should be aware of right now? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm telling you. I'm so happy to ask that. I just got out of the studio yesterday. I keep doing little overdubs. Mm. Um it's by far, I mean, people say this, but I don't say it, but this is by far zombies best work to date. It's his Sergeant Pepper. It's my, fa- cause I'm a fan. I was a fan of white zombie, Rob zombie, everything. And this is no comparison. It's by far the best zombie record there is. 
Oh, exciting, man. So when it, yeah. are we expecting it this year? I don't know. You don't know. We don't know that part, but we just know it's, 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 that's all I got to know is what you said. Cause when, when we yeah. get that press release, we're running towards it. So out of, and you've been with them since educated horses. So we're going 12 years now. And this is yeah. your favorite work that you've done with it. Cause you guys have been real, real consistent. I mean, really. Yeah. Good. By far, by far, it's his best work by far. Oof. Exciting, man. So, oh, all right. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for calling in. Everybody, again, It's Alive comes out Friday, January 25th. Keep your eyes and ears open for the latest Rob Zombie record. John is saying it is his favorite, as we got right yeah. there. And I just want to thank you so much, man, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
if it's punk, metal, or rock, Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest, Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia.com. All right, guys, we are back. The first song you heard is off of the live record from John 5 and the Creatures, It's Alive. That song is called This Is My Rifle. Uh, I've, I've had that record for a little bit while they sent it to me. It's amazing. Another, The second song we played, guys, is off a record that comes out Friday, January 26th. The band is called, the called Howling Sycamore. Uh, that song is Descent to Lights. Um, fantastic debut record. It's on prosthetic. I really, really dig the record. So I hope, if you guys like that song, check it out for sure. Uh, and with that, guys, that is all we got this week on the Metal Sucks podcast. Um, so until next week, I guess, uh, I will be signing off. Brandon, do you have anything stupid to say? Uh, do you want to apologize for your Montenegro Monster Rock bullshit? Bob and Johnny. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Over and out. Till next week. Metal Sucks Podcast. Mater's Lear coming at you. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. <laughs>